welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, where we talk about all things self-care for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. It's time to bring that same compassion that you offered everyone else in your life to yourself as well. In this podcast, you'll hear real life stories of how self-care transformed people's lives as they were going through life's storms. You'll learn practical, actionable tools to begin the self-care journey yourself as well. Because like I always say, small changes make a large impact. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I'm a physician, best-selling author, and the founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide people to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again. Through my signature program, Reclaim Your Radiance, you'll reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. To get started, download your free guidebook, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Quick disclaimer before we get started, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Dr. Rashmi Shram. Dr. Shram is a family medicine physician, and we have actually been connected through social media for years, but it wasn't until recently that we hopped on a call and got to know each other a bit more, and I just had to invite her to the podcast. She was on a few weeks ago. We were talking about a practice called Yoga Nidra, and today she's going to share more about her self-care journey. Dr. Shram, like myself, is an avid meditator, yogi, and mindfulness practitioner who now brings these tools to coach busy, high-achieving women tap into their own inner peace and power so that they can confidently live more energetic and fulfilling lives. It's almost like we've been on parallel paths in some ways over the past few years, and so I'm really excited to start our conversation here today. Welcome back to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Dr. Shram. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ajmani. Absolutely. We had such a great conversation last time, and today I'm excited to dive into a little bit more about your own personal self-care story and journey. So can you share with us a time in your life where self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority for you? Like, What did that time look like for you? And more specifically, what self-care tools and modalities did you turn to at that time? Oh, absolutely. So I think that was probably maybe a dozen, maybe 13 years ago or so. So it's been a little while and I had never actually heard of the term self-care. So I would not have called it that at that point, Um, maybe would have even been shocked at that. But it was at a time when I was um, an attending physician, working a lot of hours. Um, My husband was also working a lot of hours. We had two very little kids, very close together. And we also had some extended family who we were caring for. And it was really, really one of the most overwhelming, stressful periods over a year or two for me, where I had not just ignored all of my own needs, but was also ignoring some gnawing, you know, anxiety and even some depression uh, types of symptoms and was really not sure what tools would even work for me because I hadn't even paused for half a second to think about that. And this had been going on, like I said, for almost two years. And I started to get not just mentally sick, but also physically sick. And so I started to have um, GI issues. I started to have chronic daily migraines. None of the 
medications that I was trying were helping. In fact, I couldn't tolerate the side effects. And so it was, it was almost like I waited until I was almost, you know, completely hit a huge wall. I would say I probably did hit a, hit a huge wall. And at that point, I remembered that I maybe even had a choice. I had been trained in meditation years before I grew up in India in a large family where we practiced, um, you know, different Ayurvedic techniques. I certainly was not a meditative child or anything like that, but it, it felt like home to me. So I just a tiny bit started to have these little moments of peace, little moments of space um, when I restarted my meditation practice. And that was so many years ago. And then I started to see little glimmers, little glimpses of, of these changes that started to happen for me. My migraine started to get better. My GI issues started to get better. Um, and you know, the, the thing with all of these is we will do them almost as a cure or almost as a, as like a solution. And I was still in that mindset back then. And so I would meditate for a couple of weeks. I would feel better. I'd forget about it for a couple of weeks. Everything would come back. So I was like, so I was this crisis meditator back then. Yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing your journey and your story. First of all, I agree. I think it was probably, gosh, I'm thinking back, probably around the same time frame that you described that I was going through some really tough stuff and I had first come across the phrase of self-care also. And I was like, huh, I never heard this before, you know, but that's exactly what I need. <laughs> and so, so yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I think, and obviously since that time now, that phrase has gotten very popular and much more mainstream, which I think is good as long as we continue to understand what that really means, which is the essence of this podcast, right? Because we can think that self-care or pop media can display and portray self-care as a luxurious vacation and a dinner out. And while all of those can be forms of self-care, that's not the only type of, of self-care. Self-care is what we're talking about here is kind of more these things that we're doing on a regular basis to really connect with ourselves, to help us show up as our best self on a day-to-day -day basis. And you know, I think your story and your journey is will resonate with many of our listeners because I feel like many of us, you know, one thing I always say is that our body is always sending us signals, but so often we're not paying attention to them or we ignore them or we say that we don't have time for them, right? Just like you were explaining, like it was such a busy time in your life. And, and so it can be almost easier. It can feel almost easier to ignore the signals but when we do, they tend to get louder and louder and louder, just as you described in, in your situation with the migraines and GI issues and things like that. And so often, and this is why I enjoy bringing guests on to share their self-care journeys, because I feel like many of us do reach a point where it's almost like a crisis situation. And it can be a different sort of crisis situation for any of us. Like some of us, it may be health issues, some may be divorced, some may be burnout in career, but so often there's some sort of like crisis that leads us to say, Hey, I need to take care of myself. That just kind of makes us pay attention, pay attention to our body, pay attention to our life and just reevaluate and reexamine how, how we're living it. And for you, that led you to these glimmers of meditation, remembering your meditative practices and at that time, still using it in a very, as you, as you described, a very sort of prescriptive way, like two to three weeks, 
to help with the migraine. Okay, I'm feeling better. Now I can go back to my, you know, running around. And so what was the, but then those symptoms came back. So what was that change for you that now it's become part of a regular practice for you, that it's shifted from sort of this solution within a crisis moment to being actually part of your daily life? Oh, I love that question. I forgot to tell you too, that one of those aha moments was I was literally passing a kidney stone as a 30 something year old woman while I was seeing a patient. And as I was typing my note in the room, I still vividly recall just tears pouring down my eyes. No one even paid attention, right? Because we're in such a hurry. And afterwards, I I did, I honestly did, wasn't even sure what was going on. Because, uh, you know, um, I then literally had to go to an exam room and lie down. And my office manager was like, what the heck? So she took me to the ER and um, I was like, okay, something has to give, like something has to give at this point. Um, it's no longer really just an optional thing. And I wasn't calling it self-care then. I was just thinking of how can I care even a tiny bit for myself without making it feel like I should be guilty about it or feel ashamed that I'm taking time for myself. Cause that's a real condition and thought that, you know, Oh, she can't even handle the stress. And now she has to go meditate and what, you know, it's sort of like almost felt like a, a shameful thing. And so it was, it was a lot of that inner work that I had to do. And, you know, back then there was, there was no social media that I remember. I certainly wasn't on social media. If it was there, I wasn't on the internet. I wasn't. So it was really the, my most immediate folks and everyone that I was around with was so stressed out. They were all burned out and they were all stressed out. And so I was like, well, this, this looks, this is insane. You know, like everything looks amazing from the outside in, but is this really all there is? Is this how I'm supposed to live the rest of my life? And so I think it was that kind of repeated, repeated life lessons that I had to learn. I didn't just learn it one time. I had to learn it like over and over and over again, because it's just how I'm built apparently. And so the thing that really shifted some of that was I was desperately looking for, and again, I would not have been able to articulate this, but I was just looking for a, a more depth in, in something like I was looking for depth. Um, cause I think whether it's mindfulness or meditation, one of the things we can do is we just stay on the surface here and we will get some results there, but I was looking for a bit of really personal spiritual growth that was associated with this. And so I actually kind of like bumped into maybe even by accident, um, a meditation teacher training. And that was many, many years ago. And part of the requisites were a, you have to meditate every single day for the next 18 months during this training, right? I was like, where do I sign? <laughs> like, where is the signature here? Like, please, someone hold me accountable, right? And like, it's funny how we will, you know, how we will be impeccable with our word for others, but often we will not be impeccable with our word for ourselves. And that was definitely me. And I still have moments where I'm like, am I being impeccable with my word to myself, right? And so I needed that external accountability. I needed the community and I needed the depth. I never in a million years thought I was ever going to teach meditation, was ever going to, you know, kind of come into this path. I'm so grateful I am and have grown in this way and have and have given myself permission to grow in this way. But all of that training, including, by the way, the yoga ninja training, all of that, a hundred percent has been, how can I heal myself? Like what is, what is, what is here that's to be discovered? And, and really, I think that's, 
the hundred percent truth about what's happening. Right. But as soon as we heal ourselves, the first thing we want to do as women is we want to share it with others. Um, and we want to be able to teach it and, and teach it in a way that's applicable to others. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's so much in what you shared that resonates with me. And I'm sure our listeners, you know, what you shared about being impeccable with your word, with yourself. I think that's really powerful. And we are often so much better able to do that for other people than for ourselves. And that's such a huge shift to make that it is important that I'm doing this for myself as well and prioritizing that. It's such a huge shift. And I think it is a practice. And I know you mentioned like it was these multiple sort of crises moments, right? It wasn't just sort of one and, okay, I'm perfect at self-care now and I'm meditating every day now. It was like these multiple crises moments. And when I look back on my own journey in my own life, definitely multiple crises moments. And each time though, you know, one thing I always say is that life's challenges are the greatest catalyst for self-empowerment if we let it. It can be the greatest opportunity for self-empowerment if we let it be so. And so each time I hit one of those crises moments in various different situations in my life, it was an opportunity. And I'll be honest, in the moment, I didn't think it was an opportunity. It was hard, <laughs> but it forced me in that moment to dive deeper to dive deeper into what practices are going to help me in this moment. What's going to help me heal in this moment? What do I need in this moment? And so I think I just wanted to share that also because you mentioned it in your journey. It's certainly been the case in my journey. And so I'm certain it's the case in many of our listeners' journeys. Like if you have that feeling of, and I've thought this before sometimes, like, oh, I thought I got this. Why is this lesson coming to me again, right? In maybe a different way, shape, or form. That that is very normal. That each time is an opportunity to learn something more about ourselves. Going back to that word that Dr. Sharam and I both like, that word that we talk about in yoga too, an opportunity to remember, remember who we are at the core. You know, one of the core principles of Radiant Living Institute is that a radiant life begins from within, right? And so that was another thing that really resonated with me that you had shared is so often we can kind of stay on a surface level of things. And let's be honest, part of that is it is hard to go within. It's easier to keep our focus outward, right? And especially in our current day and age where we have our cell phones, I mean, it is so easy to keep our, our attention and our awareness external to ourselves. It is much harder to turn within. It is much harder to find that stillness and to look within through some of these practices. And yet there is so much power that lies there. Absolutely. It is so much more rewarding when we give ourselves permission to accept, surrender, to to witness and, and to just be with whatever is there, the rewards can be astounding and they all sound simple. And in many ways they are, but they're very challenging to practice because it's so much easier for me to focus on work or on someone else or on some other, you know, external problem than it is to actually look inward and say, huh, huh what's in here? What's, you know, what, what am I making of this? What, how is this occurring to me? What, you know, is there, is there more turbulence than there needs to be? What kind of drama is my mind creating today in this moment? Another word that I really like to describe all of this is practice. 
is that it's all a practice. So there is never a moment where it's just like, okay, I got that. Like, I don't need to dive deeper into this anymore of of self-care. Like I've, I've mastered it. I think it's a continual practice because life is always changing. We're always experiencing different and new situations, coming in contact with different people. And as humans, guess what? Their lives are changing and dynamic as well. And we're all interacting with each other. So there's always these unique situations coming up where we may need to turn to different self-care tools or modalities or practices, or that may help us see something in a different light or are just other opportunities for growth. So I think remembering that it's all a practice. It is a journey. There's no like end destination, like, okay, I got it. I mastered it. Like it's all a practice. It's a journey. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. There's no destination. And if someone says they've arrived, I think you should run from them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as we're wrapping up this episode, I'm curious Meditation has now been a big part of your your practice now now for many years. So this many years into it, what can you say about how it helps you now in this moment on a regular basis? Yeah. And I really, you know, I can't think of a day that I've missed a meditation in the last probably eight, nine, 10 years. So I think that's, that's a good thing. And so it's become almost a part of who I am and how I move through my life. Um, and I think the, the changes are absolutely profound. I probably would not recognize uh, many parts of how I used to operate or think even, you know, five or six years ago, if I were to look back on it. But, you know, what I would say, what I would guesstimate would be just the amount of awareness that I have, my capacity to hold compassion for myself and others, my capacity to have even a, like maybe a nanosecond of extra space between when there is a trigger or when there is something that is that that can cause a good bit of stress to the point where I'm reacting. So I'm really more it, most of the time in that responsive mode. My relationships with the people that I'm closest to have really changed and shifted. My relationship to myself has shifted. And my I think my, what I see the most is my capacity to allow abundance, to allow this sense of openness, to allow kind of this open-hearted way of being, which did not feel comfortable or safe for me before. I think those would be maybe some of the bigger changes that I may notice in myself, but fundamentally, obviously I'm still, you know, this person in this, in this human body, constantly looking for kind of that next level of growth, that next level of what else is there around the corner, not in a way of like, I'm not enough, but this is really amazing, but I know I'm not there yet. And, and being able to give myself permission for that. uh, And, and also on some level, honoring what I say I'm going to do without necessarily being drawn into the capacity that we all can when, when we go into these deeper depths of meditation, which, you know, I I suppose it's called spiritual bypassing. Um, And so we like, you know, balancing that of doing and being, that's the skill that I'm working on right now. That's a powerful and important skill. So, you know, people are always like, just be right. And I'm sure listeners can can resonate with this. I'm always like, but how do I 
do that? Can someone tell me how to do that? Right. (laughs) Which is completely the opposite of being. But that being said, it can be hard. And it is like this sort of, you'd use the word balance. I think of kind of more of this like fluidity, right? Of, Of this sort of being fluid between being and doing, being and doing, which is also such a great lesson in in yoga and breath work, right? Like like our breath is, you know, inhaling, exhaling, expanding, contracting, giving, receiving, right? Which is just such a beautiful lesson that I feel like our breath holds and that I often guide clients through as well as just noticing that, that we need all of that in, in our life. So Dr. Shram, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your self-care journey. I'm just so many valuable nuggets in this episode, and I'm sure that there's just so much of what you shared that I can I can definitely say resonated with me. I'm sure our listeners as well. And so if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about you and the wonderful work that you're doing, how can they connect with you? Yeah, I'd love to connect. So it's just, my website is really simple. It's just my name. So it's rashmishram.com. I have a free YouTube channel with meditations. If anyone wants to try those, I also I'm on all the social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. (laughs) Wonderful. And I will include all of those links in the show notes below. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.